0: Hey guys, welcome to Adventure Fit Radio. Hopefully you guys listened up to our first episode, which was Ed Morrison from CrossFit HQ. That was a really interesting discussion about the good and the bad side of CrossFit. Ed was fighting and flying the flag for CrossFit HQ while the rest of us guys were uh, going back and forth with some, some questions that we've wanted to ask and uh, some stuff that we've wanted to find out from the man himself. It's a really good discussion, so hopefully you guys liked that one and tuned in. This week, what we have for you, we have Deanna Blegg. Deanna is an amazing woman. Let me tell you a little bit about Deanna. Deanna started her athletic career as a triathlete, at which point she built herself up and was able to represent Australia in the Commonwealth Games in 1990. An amazing effort. Around two and a half years later, Deanna was traveling through Africa. She was backpacking all around the world and she found out the news that she had become HIV positive. So, Deanna went on from there to be a real advocate for a healthy life with HIV. She's built herself a family. She's happily married. She really is an amazing woman. Since then, years and years later, so now Deanna is an adventure racer and an obstacle racer and she's really achieved some amazing things in that time. Deanna, in 2014, most recently, came second in the Open Division of the Spartan Race World Championships. Second fittest woman in the world in the Spartan Race World Championships. She also, the year before that, was the winner of the world's toughest mutter, all those crazy adventure races and, and obstacle races, whatever you call them. If you're a, you're an obstacle racer, you know more than me. It's not something that I actually partake in, but she's the best in the world. She was the woman's toughest, uh, world's toughest mutter winner from 2013. Basically, we want to sit down. Uh, we did sit down with Diana, and we picked her brain about her early life, her battles with HIV, and her athletic life since then where she's really at the top of the heap worldwide in her chosen sport. So, this is a great episode, guys. Diana's a really inspirational chick, and I hope you guys get a lot out of it. So, before we move on to our podcast, though, we've got to thank our sponsors. Firstly, our sponsor, Atlanta Orchards, has, uh, has sponsored us. Atlanta have new varieties of apples, Kansy and Greenstar, <clears throat> which have been trialed in Australia for years, but are now just in commercial production. Both are born and bred in Belgium and now growing across the country, including Victoria, including at Atlanta Orchards. Green stars are the first 100% non-browning apples, a cross between a Granny Smith and a Dalberstival apple. I think I went better with that one this week. The apples are green, sweet, juicy, and have a thin skin and the highest vitamin C content of any apple, which helps them keep naturally white for days after cutting. The Kansy apple... Is the number one apple sold in Europe and is bright red and crunchy with a long shelf life, a cross between a gala and a Brayburn apple. So, for all your tasty apple needs, check out your local greengrocer if you're in Victoria, Australia, and ask for Atlanta Cansy and Green Star Apples. Next, our sponsor Loxam Solutions. Loxam is a boutique consulting and business support company focused on business consulting and commercial services. The key to their success has been through an application of pragmatic approaches combined with entrepreneurial spirit to achieve their clients' outcomes. Their philosophy is simple, guys. Deliver well-defined, measurable business outcomes to their clients through the engagement of consulting with uh, subject matter experts with real-world experience. Services include costings, business structures, business consulting, business startup advice, business plan development, review and adaptation, organizational review and restructure operational review and restructure governance corporate and operational coaching and mentoring project management financial management all of the above anything business-wise you need you want to go to www.locksamsolutions.com.au and we are also sponsored by ndo Sups, no days off supplements No Days Off Supplements is a newly formed company that aspires to build a trusted brand with honesty, integrity and loyalty at the cornerstones of their relationship with all parties involved. From suppliers to customers to their sponsored athletes and individuals, they will work hard to ensure all receive the utmost attention and support and that harmonious relationship is mutually beneficial and all outcomes are achieved. The company was formed with a vision of offering great products and sound information that will benefit its customers and the community at large. No days off supplements for all your supplement needs. If you guys want to use NDO Sups, make sure you quote ADVF Radio when you purchase and when you put your order through, and you'll receive ten percent off. Ten percent off with NDO Sups. And last but not least, we are always, every week, sponsored by Adventure Bit Travel, the mother company of this beautiful podcast we call Adventure Bit Radio. Adventure Bit Travel, the. One thing I want to plug with Fit Travel is our Bali trip. Our Bali trip is going to be extended for a week. Sales are still running till Friday the second, third, fourth, 12th of March. So, get in quick, guys. If you guys want to train with Dmitry Klockhoff, world champion Russian weightlifter, if you guys want to work out all the way through Bali and the Gilly Islands, we're whitewater rafting... We're going to snorkel with uh, sea turtles. We've got an Indonesian cooking class. We're surfing. We're doing yoga every morning. It's going to be great. So you guys want to get in, email info at adventurefittravel.com. Check out our website, www.adventurefittravel.com or hit us up on any of our social channels. It's going to be a great trip, guys. You want to get involved. So that's it from our sponsors. I will leave it there and introduce you to the wonderful Diana Blake. Now, before we do this, let's go over the ground rules. Rule number one. No touching of the hair or
1: face. And that's it! Yo! Discovery, roger. Go for deploy. Where did we come from? Some kind never even considered for mass production. Too weird to live, too rare to die.
2: So this is a, uh, a little uh, intro. It's called Tommy's Tribute. It's a new segment that we're doing. Um, we'll see how I go with this. i practice practiced it like three times. So here we go. It's, uh, it's a cover of Plush by Stone Temple Pilots. She likes to train at the DV, she told me The when she travels, she feels free. Well, I agree. <laughs> and I'm jealous, I'm jealous that she's represented at the Calm Games. And I can't even spell the word games. <laughs> <laughs> and, I feel, and I feel that life's a touch and go for me when I'm sitting next to Deanna B. There we go. Yeah!
0: <laughs> Tommy's tribute. Welcome. Well played, sir.
3: I wasn't expecting that. Well played. <laughs>
0: Alright guys, so <coughs> welcome to Adventure Bit Radio. We're sitting here, that was uh, Tommy's let us off with Tommy's tribute for the day, which is great. I've got Mac on my right and I've got Dan- uh, Deanna Blegg, who's uh, an adventure racer, uh, a mother. She's a strong, uh, strong-willed woman who lives with HIV and uh, we're here to sit down and have a chat. Welcome to Adventure Bit Radio.
3: Thanks for having me guys, really appreciate it.
2: Not a
0: problem. Cool, so um, firstly, why don't you tell us about yourself, Deanna, um, what you do, a little bit about your family, and a little bit about your background.
3: That's a lot of questions in one. Yeah, I didn't mean to say that, (laughs) (laughs) many. Let's be honest. All right, so where do I start? A bit about myself. Um, Currently, um, I'm a mother of two, and don't plan to have any more. Um, Daughter that's 17, a son that's 12. um, Is that why you don't plan to have any more? Yeah, exactly right. The the period they're in? (laughs) that's a big enough gap um and just had an amazing life full of huge adventures um i've always sort of lived on a bit on the wild side um more so before children than post-children um yeah got to experience a lot of the world and i still still get to travel a lot and still experiencing so much
0: Uh, cool so um i wanted to get you down here um obviously you train at max gym and and we know you're into your adventure racing and uh was a lot of other stuff that we we thought you'd be a good guest to talk about uh, talk to about, but you res- represented Australia in the Commonwealth Games. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that until today. Okay, tell yep. us about tell us about that.
3: Um, so as a junior athlete, I I originally I guess started sport because um, I had asthma, and um, at that time they suggested swimming was good for asthma, so I started swimming, and did quite well at that. And um, then it was back in the day when triathlons were just sort of beginning, so first the aquathon came along which was swimming and running so I did them and then triathlons came and I you know I didn't even own a bike at the, that time uh, and desperately wanted to do it so I asked my mum for a bike and they squished, I think scrounged up a hundred bucks. Nice. Yeah. One so. gear. <laughs> One <laughs> wheel. <I> had, three, <laughs> had three gears and um, I did my first triathlon at age 14 and um, won it won the open section and it was like it's still very very new then so there wasn't a lot of women competitors and it just went from there i just loved whilst not being specifically good at one individual sport um i i'm kind of good at lots of different sports so triathlon sort of suited me at the time because i could be good at swimming good at running and good at cycling without necessarily excelling at any and and excel at once does that make sense yeah yeah yeah, yeah. absolutely uh so that's what i did i did triathlons i did it for fun i didn't I never had a goal to make it to the Commonwealth Games or the Olympics? It was never on my agenda. Um, I is, just the
0: tri- is the triathlon still in the Commonwealth Games?
3: Oh, yeah, yeah, it's yeah.
0: Still. I actually didn't know it was a Commonwealth um, Commonwealth Games event.
3: Yeah, I was, the one I did was the first first year. Really? What yeah. year was okay. that? Nineteen ninety, <laughs> long time ago.
4: And how old were you then? Uh, Twenty. So fourteen. So it took you <laughs> six years to get your uh, Commonwealth Games. Yeah, that's pretty solid.
0: That's a good effort. So representing Australia, was that something that kind of, once you started your triath- uh, triathlons that you wanted to do, or it was something that kind of came out of nowhere and you thought, wow, I can give this a real real shot? And
3: Yeah, look, it was never on my list of things to do. Um, I just sort of, I guess, stumbled into it. I didn't have a coach. Um, I didn't have any sort of background. I just fudged everything really and ended up there. Um. <laughs> Not a bad athlete. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, however I fudge everything up <laughs> <end> up nowhere We know you do Fuck But uh, you know it was great fun to be a part of But f- for me um, it became a little bit political A little bit, a lot of pressure And I wasn't ready for it Like I was, I was just a kid having fun And um, I didn't know how to cope with the pressure of it um, The expectations, the um, politics and all that sort of Stuff behind it, and it actually put me off. And I just thought, I don't want it. I don't want to be a part of this. What
4: type of politics are there in triathlons?
3: Uh, just it's it's I guess a tall poppy syndrome sort of thing. So, ba- you know, these are just a few examples. Um, I was racing once, and they just introduced the laws with the helmets, and th- it had to be you had to rack your bike and then take your helmet off or unclip your helmet. And I unclipped my helmet and racked my bike, and you know, completely disqualified an event. And you know, I don't. He, he, like, there was That's thousands ridiculous. of people in the event. Yeah. But, you know, just that tall poppy, you know, she's winning, let's sort right. of chop her off sort yeah. of stuff. So, and yeah, there was quite a few, there was another race that I did a little bit later and at that time I hadn't registered with the Victorian Triathlon Association. I did the race, I did it in the pro category, I won it. <coughs> and then because I wasn't registered in Victorian Tri, you know, they. I, I wasn't even mentioned like there was, really? was like right. I wasn't even there. So, yeah. I just, you know, I'm in it for fun, I'm in it to be a part of, a fun sort of sport, and it
0: just didn't end up being fun in the nah, end. Just well, if you can start at fourteen, represent your country at twenty, and then say see you later, you've done pretty well. <laughs> yeah. So
4: you were done after the co- uh, the Com Games.
3: Um, I, I was in the World Championships a couple of times, but I think it was around that age of twenty that I just yeah. sort of had enough and just went What did you way. take on after that? Um, so that's when mountain bikes were starting to be built without the suspension. So <laughs> I got myself a mountain bike. I did whitewater rafting. White- water, um, kayaking, um, trekking and just a bit more adventure stuff where you could still be fit, get out in the bush, have fun and without that pressure of people telling you what you can and can't do, you just go and live in the wild and that was much more fun, yeah, I loved it, loved it.
0: (coughs) So, after you represented uh, Australia... So you started. You started traveling. You told us earlier that you started. You kind of took off and did a, a yeah. fair bit. Was this one trip that you just took off and said goodbye and stayed abroad for a while, or was it a few little trips? Or
3: yeah. So was? I don't like um, commitments and deadlines, and so I bought Either. a one-way ticket. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be friends. Yeah. <laughs> um, Is that why the three of us are single?
4: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i was a loser. <laughs>
2: um, <coughs> as well. Yeah. <laughs> episode ten, we already know. That's <laughs> no, killed me. All right, enough about, enough about that. Yeah, so you took off.
0: Where did um, you head first?
3: So um, when I was whitewater raft guiding, um, I heard of this expedition that they were heading to India for the, in the Indian Himalayas, cross-country skiing for 20 days, and someone had dropped out. And I went, yeah, yeah, I can cross-country ski, which I'd... Been Lake Mountain once, so. <laughs> <laughs> so make I, it till you make it, make <laughs> it you and make I it. did. Yeah, they they had no idea that I actually couldn't ski. Um, so we headed off to India, and that was my gateway out of Australia. So cross-country skied in the Indian Himalayas and did a bit of traveling there. Then went to Nepal, um, caught up with um, a group of raft guides there, and we w- water rafted uh, five of the big rivers in monsoon season. Beautiful. Wow. Yeah, yeah, pretty cool. Yeah. That was pretty special. And uh, So we were out rafting and hiking for a month. Um, just, just living in the wild once again.
0: So, I imagine the big rivers. By big rivers, you mean pretty, pretty hectic rapids. Yeah, yeah. Up to grade five, six. Grade yeah. six. Grade six is the top. Grade, grade six right? is death sort of stuff. Death, yeah. That's okay. sure. Well, they don't recommend you going through the grade six <laughs> no, it makes stuff. Tell us, really. Yeah. <laughs> so, how many survived? Everyone survived. <laughs> well, A few well, survived. Yeah, lone s- survivor. Someone, <laughs> I'm the only one.
3: <laughs> Still. <laughs> I haven't actually um, seen that movie. I um, Great six. <laughs> Some of them we, the grade six stuff we portaged. Um, some I'd even just jump in and float down. Well, you know, you get it's kind of pretty exciting being. You guys being around water, yeah. water and stuff, yeah, yeah, you know what yeah,
0: it's like. But pretty, pretty low. Yeah, grade definitely
4: there. nowhere near grade six. <laughs> Maybe um, a light trickle.
0: I'm a like prep. Crap. <laughs> I'm in preschool, kindergarten. <laughs>
3: so yeah, it was. Yeah, it was good. Right. We we did all survive and continued on.
0: So you started. You you wet your whistle with uh, downhill skiing in the himalayas
3: cross-country skiing cross-country skiing. yeah yeah
2: it's one way to do it yep. yeah i've never done anything like that <laughs> yeah that's 35 i play a main game of chess though so <laughs> <laughs> we'll be on for that <laughs> downhill chess downhill <laughs> chess <Passed. laughs> no that's stupid bill <laughs> <laughs>
4: uh, so, so after whitewater rafting or oh, after uh cross-country skiing what happened
3: went to nepal whitewater rafting and then um everyone went sort of home and I don't like to generally do the beaten track. So there was, you know, the Annapurna Circuit, base camp, um, that sort of stuff. And I just thought, no, I just want to, I just grabbed a map and headed off into the mountains. It was kind of stupid, but <laughs> it was kind of fun at the time. <laughs>
4: how many people were you with?
3: Um, just a friend, just a, my wow. a companion. And we got into places in Nepal where they didn't even know the word hello. So really? that's mm-hmm. how deep we got. But yeah. we got lost and, you know, with a couple of days What about, did you
4: say to them? Hello. <laughs> <laughs>
3: niha is it niha? I, I can't remember. Nihau. Yeah, niha. Um, I just made that up. Hopefully, I don't get pulled up on that. I <laughs> know oh, that's Chinese. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I didn't think it was. <laughs> namaste, like, namaste. Just, namaste. Namaste. Oh, namaste, of
0: course.
1: Yeah, okay. We've been there, Fuck. Bill. <laughs> I've
0: been there twice in the last nine months. I'm just getting confused. I'm a little nervous, guys. I'm yeah. not going <laughs> so, so, after Nepal, so this is, <clears throat> you told us earlier, this is a two and a half year. Yeah. Two and a half year trip, and you, that's did, you in end in, did you end in London? You I you uh, ended low up low.
3: in London from Nepal and was just dazzled by. You no, know, you've been in such remote places where everyone says hello, good morning. Uh, Nia, ni-ha. no, another <laughs> mistake. Yeah, I'm a kid. Oh, wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and then I went to London where no one said hello and it was just this fake sort of world. So anyway, I stayed there for a few months, got some money together, and then um, headed off to Africa with a friend from high school. We'd met. Um, yeah, year seven, and we'd always had this dream to go and check out Africa, and that's where and we And help headed. out and
4: volunteer, or just tour? No, and just
3: uh, I'd never... We never actually were on an organised tour. We just sort of hitchhiked around, backpacked around, that yeah. sort of stuff. Just lived on... Once again, a bit on the wild side. Yep. Uh, what were you
4: doing for money and stuff? Were you saved up enough <laughs> Good
3: or... live on the cheap? Uh, I just lived on a shoestring, so... Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I left with eight grand in the <coughs> bank and went away for two and a half years. Oh. Yeah, without running out of money. What's wow. that?
0: What's that? What would the equivalent of that be now? Eight, eight thousand. What would eight thousand get you? Like, is it How like much? leaving for t- like with twenty thousand? <laughs> would it be like twenty oh, thousand dollars back that's in the day? That's a good day, question.
3: Um, I could probably still go and travel for eight grand. I reckon. Probably not for two years, but yeah.
0: Yeah. Cool.
3: Yeah. I don't know, maybe. Uh, just the main thing is when you're in um like London and that sort of stuff, you know, accommodation, all that sort of stuff. But when you're traveling, um we there was a place where through Ethiopia it was two pounds a day we were living on
0: yeah mm. yeah
3: just I've been to Guatemala
0: and, and spent oh I was probably living on ten dollars a day in Guatemala yep. and that was only a few years ago yep hostel for three dollars a night wow it was an epic hostel too yeah it was sick and yep. then it was like food if you bought local food you'd literally spend a dollar on a meal yep so you can still do it but then take into account I was drinking fifty beers a night <laughs> and shots and <laughs> Being an idiot, so I spent about 100 bucks a day. <laughs> 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 yeah. It can be done. A little You're not bit guilty of that too. <laughs> so yeah. what about, so in this whole um, Africa trip, where did you, yeah. where did you go? Because I've been to Africa, I've been to South Africa and Zimbabwe, mm, yeah. and yep. I've been to Victoria Falls and Cape Town, Jeffreys Bay, and none of those areas really felt like Africa. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, my favourite part of the world, or yep. as good as anywhere I've ever been. But Cape Town's very much like Melbourne. I felt like I was yeah, at home, sure. the standard of living and so on and so forth. So, yeah, like which which Africa were you in?
3: So, I started in Kenya, went to Uganda, Tanzania, Malawi. But um, once Africa, again, Africa. off the beaten trails. Um, cool. I didn't go to any of the tourist destinations. I just, sometimes would just jump on a bus, bus and head out to middle of nowhere and get off and just hang around in a village. And when I say village, it's mud huts.
1: Really?
4: So and you just truth. rock up and say, hey... Got a place to sleep or?
3: Um, sometimes I have little like <laughs> guest houses and <laughs> that Hi-ha. sort of thing.
4: And,
3: yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: I'm not
4: and so plan. you didn't, you couldn't plan any of this. You just sort of jumped on. Just, and just random. It it's and, all random. Yeah.
3: Yep. Um, and I got like, because I was living on a shoestring, um, I'd, I'd never had any tours organized and that sort of stuff. And I wanted to check out a park, you know, just to see some animals. Um, so I just um, traded with a hotel, did some paint- murals and paintings on their wall, and they they really? gave me a trip through a See park. An artist as well, yeah, can do. Wow, yeah, a bit of um, a bit of that in my background. A bit of finger painting on the old wall yep. there. <laughs> <A> bit of, <laughs> ab- <laughs> of Aboriginal artwork. <laughs> yeah, no, not true. That's cool. <laughs> um, I've always
0: wanted to do something like that when I'm traveling. Have you ever worked? Have you ever worked overseas a day, Mac? Yeah. I always say I'm going to, but I've never. I, uh,
4: heard. Just like Deanna, actually, I uh, I winged it and scored myself a job water skiing. Oh, I'd, uh, you you I'd never water skied or wakeboarded in my life. <laughs> applied for a job being a water skiing wakeboard instructor.
0: Had you had this conversation with Deanna before you went Hi. over there? Did you know that it was oh, fake it till you make it was the only yeah, way to do it? Yeah, that's it.
4: <laughs> and so, yeah, I uh, applied for this overseas job in America and, and had some Skype interviews and, and uh, you know, talked my way through that i thought I was, i'm a snow skier and have a so i think i'm quite coordinated and i thought Milded i snow same thing yeah well, exactly yeah. and uh so i just transferred everything i knew about snow onto water so i've been water skiing since i was a little baby and being on the on the water since you know forever and driving boats xyz and i finally driving got boats. i finally got the uh the, the call up to say congratulations you got the job and my stomach just sank and I thought holy crap so I studied YouTube and um, <laughs> YouTube taught me everything and I went over to America and I, I, I was quite confident and, and uh, three days before I started I said to my, uh, uh, my boss, the guy who was in charge I go mate, listen I'm not going to lie to you
0: Oh but I have lied 15 <laughs> times to you In brackets yeah okay. uh, we'll lie to you Again
4: I've never water skied All wakeboarded in my life. And uh, he just called me a a fucking idiot. (laughs) We got on the boat and he goes, right, what do you know? And I told him everything YouTube taught me. And he goes, oh, that's it. So I pulled him up first time and he pulled me up first time and Bob's your uncle. Yeah, that's epic.
3: Beautiful. That's good. Love it.
0: Nothing wrong with a nice little big fat lie. (laughs) (laughs) So, all right, so... So, um, we we want to throw to a we want to throw to a bit of news or
4: yeah why not yeah let's do that
0: you got some good the bad and the science do I should I do the jingle or yeah do yeah, the once yeah fake it till you make it Bill <laughs> coming to you from Tommy's news desk it's the good the bad and
1: the science. <laughs> uh, is that the one we agreed on what a fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it is legit yeah. jingle.
0: sorry guys sorry listeners alright
2: so I'm going to bring up uh, three things the good the bad and the science um, the good and the bad can sometimes be a little bit more serious um, the science can be super interesting um, the good this time isn't that serious so um, so the phrase captain's call uh, let me just use that in a sentence Jeez, um, I was pissed last night. I was on with this chick, but my mate booted me out because I was a wreck. Look, fair enough, it was the captain's call. I'll take that on board. So we all know what it means. Yeah. Yeah. So captain's call has officially become the Macquarie's Dictionary Word of the Year or Phrase of the Year for 2015. So a uh, little quote here. According to BBC, a phrase plucked from the cricket pitch and politicised by former Australian Prime Minister Tony Abbott has become the Macquarie Dictionary Word of the Year. Uh, The noun is defined as a decision made by a political or business leader without consultation with colleagues. Bizarre. Now, my question (laughs) to you guys is, what are some other Australian sayings you guys should feel should be in the Macquarie uh, Dictionary that maybe will put us a bit more on the map? We'll throw this one to uh, Deanna first off. Oh, no. Straight off. No, no. (laughs) I'm handballing that. Yeah. (laughs) Handballing to Bill. Oh, shit.
0: This is a tough one. Yeah. I can't Um, handball that way. Hmm. You've really <laughs> fucked me right over here, Tommy. Yeah. <laughs> I just we, wanted to learn. Yeah, I just wanted to learn some facts. Oh, you'll learn. <laughs> you'll learn the hard way. Yeah. Oh. No, I'm gonna um, I'm to pass it one over to Mac. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Mac. Who's gonna pass it back to
2: Deanna? Yeah. I've got one.
1: Okay, what Dan has got one. That's not really an Aussie one, but um, yep. this
3: one's to Peter. Um, stands out like soldier boys on a fruitcake. Oh, yep. I've got no idea what it means. But <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Tommy's like, yeah, yeah, I get that. And that's I, exactly, uh, yeah.
2: I get the fruitcake part.
3: That's
0: yep. about it. Yep.
2: Just in terms of, you know, what a fruitcake is, <laughs> or in the expression. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm aware of a fruitcake. Oh, uh, good, good. <laughs> <laughs> Soldier boys are little, little, um,
0: little sausages, aren't they?
2: I thought they were little soldiers. Yeah. Then. <laughs> <Little> sausages on <laughs> a <Always>. cake. <laughs> Who ate right, that, man?
0: Next! What's <laughs> the bad?
2: Sausages on a cake? Mate, <laughs> hey, she's or, the one coming up to say. Yeah. Soldier Boys on a cake. Uh, <laughs> I
3: don't know. No, no, no. Um, weird. <laughs> 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 All right. That's,
2: uh, we'll, we'll, us, move right? To, uh, we'll move to the bad. This one was interesting. Um, now, this was. Um, I don't have too much here. I've got um, an article from the Sydney Morning Herald. Um, on Australia Day, um, Mitchell Pierce, who was uh, the Sydney Roosters um, captain, um, got into a bit of trouble for uh, making a lewd act involving a dog, and uh, he since had to uh, retire from his captaincy, I believe. Do you guys, are you guys aware, I'm aware of this? Of, I'm you aware guys of the aware story. of it? Yeah. yeah. Um, now, was it an overreaction, or um, was it a genuinely lewd act that shouldn't have happened? I mean, he, was, he said that he was very drunk, um, but he oh. doesn't really cut it. He well, was very it. drunk. Have yeah. you yeah. seen the footage? Oh, yeah. I haven't yeah. seen the footage.
0: Yeah. He's very drunk. I spoke to my, um, one of my weightlifting coaches. Uh, we were discussing it the other day at, yep. at, at the weightlifting club. Mm-hmm. And I haven't seen the footage, so I can't really comment on it. But Harvey was telling me about it. <coughs> and uh, he's like, yeah, he was doing this. And then he, he wet his pants standing up. And, and I'm having a giggle. Yeah. Yeah. I'm thinking, yeah. that's it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, you're a captain of a club, but... I haven't seen the footage, so I, I heard it was in good spirits, mm-hmm. and everyone asked him to leave, they told him to pull his head in, and he, he, he did so. Yeah, he definitely Having got three that votes that Three votes? He got three votes that night.
4: <laughs> you loved it? <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> I don't think the dog was too happy. <laughs> the dog's pregnant now. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Shit. Have you seen Fuck. Family Guy? Is it Family Guy, the episode? Oh, no, it's a Simpsons, of the episode. <laughs> what <laughs> happens? The dog? Um, Santa's a little helper. <laughs> no, <that's right. laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, no. I think it.
0: I think it's. Eh, it's tough. It
4: was it's a tough. private.
3: It was a private residence. And mm. That's right. That's yeah. the biggest thing. And no, he, but
4: they did ask him. As soon as they said oh, you've got to leave, he was pretty good. He, yeah. he got up and just left.
1: Mm.
0: Look, I think if it's a private residence, he's probably a little bit stiff. Like you can be, you can be in the in the media spotlight. You can be the leader of a football club. But if you're in the confines of your own house or someone else's house and you're enjoying yourself, you should be able to do whatever <laughs> With you <the> want. Dog. <laughs> Yeah, look the, how
4: dog enjoy- dog. the dog wasn't enjoying did you know the dog wasn't enjoying how do we know I the dog we- wasn't enjoying <laughs> yeah, <it? laughs> that's, that's the that question true.
2: <laughs> yeah exactly you should have called oh, the dog we should get the dog on the show <laughs> <laughs> can we make a few calls <laughs> yeah look I think I, I tend to agree I think it was um, it was a bit stiff to I don't know who was filming If it was in, what a jerk whoever yeah it was Was he your mate or I mean I don't know um, ex mate no it was, would have been <laughs> sure a guy not. that was a part of the house Because probably didn't a move friend of the dogs was, yeah definitely a friend of the dogs oh poor dog Alrighty, And finally, the science, guys. This is pretty cool. Um, American astronomers... Now, this is relatively old news, but um, we, we haven't talked about it yet. And I think it's really, really cool. Um, American astronomers say they have strong evidence that there is a ninth planet in our solar system orbiting far beyond even the dwarf world Pluto. Um, so when I heard this, um, I, didn't, I didn't do anything, but it's cool. Um, I didn't do a thing. I wrote this. Um, apparently, it's 10 times... The mass of Earth, and here's, here's a couple of um of, uh, facts here. Now, as we know, the time it takes Earth to revolve around the Sun is approximately 365 days, um, or a year, as some people call it. <laughs> <laughs> However, uh, this novel object, yep, how's that one novel object would be in a highly elliptical trajectory, taking between t- 10,000 to 20,000 years to complete one full lap. Fuck, <laughs> how's that? So elliptical. Uh, yeah like a cross trainer okay um, yeah, okay. yeah. Um, thanks for the clarity what do you guys reckon do you reckon um, does this change much No, nah, it <laughs> yeah. doesn't change any fucking small piece of my life good <laughs> <laughs> <Can I> do you <laughs> like the uh, solar system <laughs> or cross trainers <laughs> do you like planets and stuff <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah uh, no nothing in my life very but. good <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah I liked it I heard about it mm. and I was pretty genuinely like oh that's cool the ninth planet where, the, like, because they said uh, the planet was yeah. how big? Ten times Earth? Or yeah, ten times the mass. What's yep. it?
3: What's it called?
2: Uh, we don't know yet. We, we could plant a few names. Name what do you guys want to call it? We'll Tom? call it. Um, call I'll you. have all this one to back up. <laughs> oh, <fuck laughs> off. What do you want to call it, mate?
3: What was that dog's name? Yeah, <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah. Luddat. <laughs> <Loodat>. planet Loodat. <laughs> That's probably not going to take off. <laughs> yeah, I
0: thought it was cool. Mm. I like hearing stuff like that. The one thing, I didn't understand what was going on. Mm. I, I didn't understand the orbit of such a big planet. I didn't put all that into perspective. I was kind of thinking, hang on a second. There's a planet that's a hundred times bigger than Earth and you just noticed it? Yeah. That's what I thought. Yeah. But yep. then, I'm an idiot
2: because I didn't take into account. I'm not a scientist, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a scientist. Yeah. And that has been The Good, The Bad, The Science. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you all. Sorry. No worries. Thank you. <laughs> and that'll be the last Good, The Bad, The Science video. <laughs> <laughs> I'm out of a job
0: <laughs> 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 all right so where were we in Africa mm, we were. Yeah. so after africa um after Africa, you went back to London
3: yeah, Yeah. I got really sick in Africa and um pretty much had to head back to london i tried I tried living there for a while I was sick, but there was just nothing that they could do um and there was you know they tested me for tonsillitis and all this sort of stuff and um yeah there's no they weren't helping. Their, their medical system there is not really yeah I can imagine. hot. So yeah, I headed back to London to get some medical help.
0: Yeah. Okay, so um let's uh let's talk about London. So you you were you were worried at the time, you were you you, f- you were unwell, you were feeling really so you, you didn't know what was going on. Tell us the, tell us the feeling and uh, tell us what happened in London when you found out you were HIV positive. This is what we're talking about, correct? Yeah.
3: Yeah, so I'd um, been living in Africa. I ended up in Malawi, living with a family there and started, started a relationship with a the guy there. HIV, you know, we'd been warned about HIV at school. Yeah. still in the eight, like early 90s now. um, and But, you know, it's something that you'd think is never... Never going to happen Never going to happen. So Absolutely. I knew about HIV in Africa and that sort of stuff, but started a relationship anyway. Um, and within, I was, f- I can't even remember the timing, but I started just getting really unwell. And generally, I'm pretty bomb-proof, so I don't get sick normally. It's about headaches and then fevers and all that sort of stuff. Um, over a period of six weeks, I lost uh, about 20 kilos of weight. So, wow. yeah, pretty pretty. And thin. you're walking
0: around at like, 55, 50 kilos.
3: Oh, I'd be closer to 40-something, probably. Oh.
0: This is when, once you've lost the weight. Yeah, yeah. Yep, totally. um, but
3: I got to a point um, where I could barely stand up. I could only drink cold milk and we've just kept passing out. I was, was a bit of a wreck. you still in Africa at this stage? Still in Africa, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, I somehow managed to catch a bus down to Joburg and then fly out of Joburg and pretty much went straight from the airport to the hospital. And I said, look, I've been travelling around Africa. They could see I was really sick. I just said, test me for everything. Um. And i requested a hiv test um and it wasn't i didn't think that it, that i'd have it but it was something that i could go, yeah yeah just tick i've, done, yeah, I've had that test yeah absolutely. yeah um because you know there's so many other things you can get tb um, malaria and all the other bugs and grubs that you can pick up over there so um then they called me the next day saying i did have malaria and so i popped it was put in the tropical disease hospital there and that was a time before um, we didn't have Emails. We didn't have mobile phones. We didn't have all that sort of stuff. So it was kind of lonely and very scared, scary time because, you know, first I was very unwell. My body had, I was just, felt like skin and bone. And, um, yeah, just all my friends were back in Australia. Can I ask
4: why you didn't go back to Australia to get tested? And
3: <coughs> I wasn't ready to go home. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, cool. So you thought
0: you might have just had malaria, might have had some illness that you can kind of knock on the head and keep yeah. in the dream at the time. Totally, basically. yeah, yeah.
3: I'm not, I'm... Um, Yeah, I don't I don't run home easily if that makes sense. Um, I try and battle my own battles and keep on going. And I wasn't I didn't want to go home. I
0: had this this similar thing happen to me once where I'd been I went from 82 kilos to 66. I'd lost 16 kilos in Bolivia. And I was the same. I know the feeling. So you 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 just don't, you're like, no, I'll get through it. I'll be fine. You're having the time of your life. So you want to keep having the time of your life.
3: Yeah. And that's exactly how it was. Mm. So I spent a couple of weeks in the Tropical Disease Hospital. And when you're alone and and you've got a lot, Mm. you've just got a lot of time to think. So that's when I thought about HIV and because I still had to wait, you know, for the test.
0: And this is when HIV and obviously the carry on of AIDS, that through the 80s was, it was a it was scary right
3: yeah so when i went back to get my um test they they gave me counseling which was great um but basically when i got the result um it, it freaked me out oh, like, like, yeah <laughs> i was like 24 years old and you know fuck, who's gonna what, what you know what's <coughs> gonna happen with my life um and they there was no medication just um i don't know if you guys seen the dallas club yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, you know, they, there was only AZT around at that time, which was a really potentially dangerous drug on its own, and actually did nothing. So they said, "Look, there's this medication, but it doesn't really do anything, so we don't recommend you take it." Um, and they just said, "There's nothing else." So you've got, you know, five years oh, if you go for five years. Well, yeah, no way, yeah. really. Yeah.
4: And how was that? What What were you feeling then?
3: <laughs> I was just feeling disgusting, actually. You know, the length of life. It was a shock at all, but it was more like HIV and AIDS has such an ugly... Stigma. Ugly stigma, and it's just this ugly, horrible... You know, what we'd, we'd learnt about it, you know... I don't, did you see the Grim Reaper ad? Have you seen the Grim
2: Reaper? No. no. I think I have seen that, actually. Yeah. Yeah. I think Mum, of all people, showed me that <clears throat> a couple of years ago, and I remember it being like... I remember it, I remember it being very similar to the propaganda that, like... Hitler put out yep. um, about all the rats and calling them the Jews and all this. Thing. There was just a real like, you know, stigma associated yeah, with very
3: it. very deathly. Yeah, yeah. Black, yeah. dark.
2: Really, really negative. Ta- really this negative. was
0: to promote um, <laughs> safe sex or, or what uh, was it like, supposed to? Yeah, achieved?
3: safe sex, um, HIV or AIDS awareness at the time, and
4: and they used the Grim Reaper. Yeah,
3: great. <laughs>
4: yep. So they gave you so they gave you five years. <throat> yep. At best.
1: Yeah, yeah.
4: And you just walked out of the hospital and put one foot in front of it, in front of the other, or you know, how would you get started after that? <laughs>
3: um, bit of a slow start. Firstly, I didn't attend any groups and stuff. I just thought, no, I can do this on my own. I don't need, I don't need to talk to other people. That sort of, you know, I'm a hero sort of thing. Um, however, you know, in time, I did get to be around other people, and that was the best thing I could have done. Uh, so I just. I just swallowed in my own self pity, I guess, in a in a way that like I wasn't um I wasn't suicidal, I still wanted to live, I just wanted to get the best out of my life, but I was still in that you shock know, mode. up and down shock mode and you just feel I just felt disgusting. I felt mm. ugly, I felt um ashamed and I felt stupid. Right. Like, you know, we all know how to avoid HIV and I was stupid enough to
0: Contract
4: HIV. Yeah. Was your boyfriend or partner at the time with you <coughs> then? Did he... Uh,
3: no, he was still over in Africa and he didn't know he was carrying it and, you know, no one does over there. They mm-hmm. just, you know, it's pretty much one in... Uh, in some places, it's one in three and I don't know what the... It's well, even probably higher now. it's
0: still one in six to this day, I believe. Mm. I believe.
3: Depending on what area, some countries have really got a hold of it and yep. sort of turn it around and other countries still think you can... Yeah. So,
0: it. sorry to cut you off. That's alright. So, what type of coping mechanisms did you? What What broke through that you kind of thought I'm I'm going to be okay here? What is there anything that you you kind of implemented to keep your mind you know, positive? Basically, I mean it must have been must have been hard.
3: Yeah, I've got a naturally naturally I'm I'm solution focused and that sort of stuff. But i on saying that, I was still you know up and down dark place. Yeah. Um, like most people, when they don't want to face things, I sort of turned to alcohol and partying and just living it up. I just thought, well, I don't have long left, mm. so let's go. That's what I would do. Let's go. I would go, go straight eight, to eight the, eight bar. <laughs> the as well. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> so this is London still. London. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <coughs> so I did that for a little while and um, went <coughs> clubbing. I love dancing and just I, I sort of used to let my hair down and like. Was like it a
0: pretty? Was there Was it? Oh, you don't have to answer this, but it was it like a downward spiral? Were you partying out of control or was it kind of control, just enjoying yourself? Or?
3: Yeah, not out of control. Yeah. C- controlled, oh, yeah. Yep. yeah. So I, I didn't do drugs or anything like that, but I just drank a bit. Yeah, yeah It was good fun. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no no different really to most kids of that age. It's just for me, I hadn't done that. Being an athlete and being, yeah, just a kind you've of... You've been so healthy
0: all your life and yeah. you had your health not taken away. And into bad fitness, you
4: you became ill.
3: Yeah. yeah, so looking after my body and, and doing all the right things it got me there. So, stuff it, let's just join everyone else. Yeah.
4: Okay. And so, um, what did they... Uh, how many years down the track was it that you started thinking, well, hang on, I don't <laughs> have five years. I've got more and more and more.
3: So... Um, Probably about five years down the track. <laughs> <think>. <laughs> I went, boom. No, it was not until I came back to Australia. Um and then I got really sick, had an AIDS-defining illness, was in hospital, probably with about six months to live.
0: So, s- sorry, just to clarify, you had, uh, what does the AIDS-defining illness mean? So
3: HIV is when you've got the virus in your body, yes. and it's living in your body and attacking your immune system. Before you, before the medication became available, it attacked your immune system so much that you had uh, you got an illness which was in a, there's an AIDS-defining illnesses, so it could be in the the, that skin cancer lesion, um, brain infections. Um, there's PCP pneumonia. There's a whole list of illnesses that come under AIDS.
0: So if you get pneumonia with HIV, you, you, your immune system is at that low of a point that you can be classified in, in the AIDS bracket, or so it's not
3: a normal pneumonia. So there's okay. a, it's called a PCP pneumonia, and there's this little bug that lives in hot, human places, and it's in every public shower like pools it's in um, yoga studios it's everywhere <coughs> when you're fit and healthy your body just it just ignores it it's the same as that um toxoplasmosa which is in cat feces yep. you know if you're fit and healthy you can change the cat litter tray and no problem but when your immune system gets so shot you, you you've got no resistance to those bugs so the piece of, uh, PCP pneumonia i got from um originally i don't know where i got it i've had it a few times <laughs>
0: i've had pneumonia before mm. and i was at my peak playing football strong fit and it fucked me up yeah, yeah. so i can't imagine because your immune system was already already shot right totally Three shot months? yeah yeah i can't imagine how it would have been
3: yeah so um that's why i guess they gave me six months it's a type tarpa- it's a very violent sort of pneumonia. And there was no medication, there was a medication for the pneumonia, but no medication to help build my immune system, which was the antivirals. Uh, But that was the same year that they became available in Australia, so I, you know, eventually when they got here, I started taking them and that's when I knew, I felt, I felt life coming back, you know, I felt, I'd been so close to death and then, then you start taking this medication, your immune system starts responding and, um... You start putting on weight and that's when i just knew knew i was going to live and i thought right. that's when i just changed my attitude and think i'm not going to wait to die i'm actually going to live mm.
4: and so you then went out and uh so what age were you then
3: Ooh. T- 26
4: 26 and yeah. so you got back into sport or you went out and partied no, or you just no. <laughs> what did you do or?
3: no sport so i just decided i prioritized what i wanted out of my life i wanted to have family I know it was kind of weird back then, but I'd heard of people having kids and, and not passing the virus onto the children. Um, so that was one of, you know, I did want kids. And
4: Is that a gamble?
3: Um, not, n- well, life's always a gamble, so yeah. You know. <laughs> so? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there is a, it was a low risk. Right. So uh, some people would see, you know, you've got the word low risk. Some people would see low, that's what I see. Other people see risk and yep. don't go it's there. That's a
0: really good way to put it. Mm. Yeah, so mm-hmm. I
3: see low and
0: you're a you're a glass half full kind of chick. <laughs> well,
3: cliché but yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. Uh, my my glass is not half full, it's right. Yeah. <laughs> driven over.
0: Yeah, that's good. <laughs> that's the best way to be. Um So
3: yeah. you've got
0: two kids now and then, yeah. so how old are, how old are your children?
3: My daughter's 17 and my son's 12 and both of them are HIV negative. So great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really cool. Yeah. <laughs>
4: yeah. And how open are you about uh HIV and and uh do you find that there is still much stigma going on with it and do you only tell some people or, you know, your obstacle uh, racing fans and and that sort of industry, uh, are they all well aware of it or how public is it these days?
3: So, being um, open about my HIV status has been a journey. Originally, I was too scared, I felt ashamed, I felt stupid, like, I felt like a real idiot. Um, It wasn't until I started having confidence in myself and believing in myself, so, think you know just actually sitting back and thinking well i got this virus the way you were conceived and the way you were conceived and what we were naturally designed to have sex that's our primary purpose on Absolutely. earth and, really. is and to it's good <laughs> i would know <laughs> <laughs> that is great uh, <laughs> it is yeah. uh, you're watching how to do it on the computer youtube taught you didn't yeah. Yeah. Mitch and the dog yeah. Yeah, that's right <laughs> um so what i just started thinking well, why am i so ashamed of this why you know why why am i feeling why do i have to hide Mm. um and that was my initial i just thought stuff this you know i've got to live with all these lies for doing something that we're all doing so um, just having the confidence to sort of believe in that and also when i started to disclose to family and friends they were kind of all okay and Some people were a little bit freaked, but generally everyone was okay. So I just thought, well, you know, we can either live in in fear and all hide behind our status, or some people can step up. And I I just felt strong enough to step up. Um, My first talk that I ever did was um, with my daughter. She was six months old. (laughs) And I had a huge fear of public speaking. I'd get up normally, like at high school, if I had to speak in front of a class, I'd stand up and faint. um,
0: Do you know... Sorry to break any your, uh, your story cool. here. I had um, I went to a Toastmasters class on Tuesday of this week and they had an impromptu um, speaking section in the middle and I didn't put my hand up to speak for it. I was a guest. But they ran out of um, regular members and they had two questions left and the guy sitting next to me was egging me on. This guy will speak, this guy will speak. I said, I'll speak. I stood up. This is what I said. I stood up. I said, oh, shit, I'm nervous. Everyone, <laughs> laughed, said, um, oh, everyone laughed, which was good. Then I said, oh, uh, everyone laughed, which was good. And I said, ah. Then I looked at the MC. I said, I'm going to pass. I'm going to pass. <laughs> so I, I sat down. I said, I'll try better next time. And everyone laughed. And I just felt like the biggest fool. Ever. Yeah. Totally fucked it up. I'm so scared of public speaking. It's yeah. an awful story. <laughs> Wouldn't wish it upon anyway.
3: <laughs> yeah, so. So right, you're
0: speaking. So you, you started with your, your first audience was your daughter.
3: Well, no, she was in my arms as I yeah. was speaking, so yeah. that was kind of cool. And the s- first school I spoke at with her was the school she's now going to, which is, yeah, as a as a teenager, so that's mm. kind of cool as well. Um, anyway, from there it grew, um, just bit by bit. And then when I started sport, I was too scared to talk about my HIV sp- status, so I kind of hit again just in case they said, no, no, you can't do this, because adventure racing, you're kind of out there and mm. – out in the bush for potentially days and stuff can happen so i was thought no i better not say it in case they don't let me race and i want to keep racing so i hid for a while then i just thought stuff it once again i'm hiding yep and i can't keep hiding so so it's just through that um i guess it's a little bit selfish because i want to um keep doing what I, i'm doing and and paving way so others can follow i and wouldn't
0: call that selfish at all well <laughs> i don't know I mean, but you're, self- you're helping other people. You're helping other people yeah. that would contract HIV, kind of uh, come to the realization that they can have a family, live a normal life, do the things that they want to do. Yeah. I would yeah. definitely say it's a massive positive thing that you're doing, rather than a selfish thing.
3: Oh, personally, con- thank you, but it's 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 my own motives. However, it <coughs> does have a ripple effect. I see it like mm. that. It's, Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, and that's sort of how it came about, and. Once again, when, when I had my children and they started at schools, I was a little bit scared again. So I sort of got away from the media. I wasn't, wasn't in any mags or anything like that um, because I didn't want my status to affect how they were treated at school because, mm-hmm. you know, kids could be nasty. In there. Anyway, once again, I, I get to this stage where I think, why am I hiding? Someone needs to show the face, show that, you know, there are mums out there that have kids and also, like you say, show other people that, if they do become positive that there's still a life to have. So so it's just that little little steps, baby steps. And now I just don't give a shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely uh,
4: built a very, very strong character of yourself and I see it almost every day when you work out in my gym and um, I know, you know, little precautions you take, like you'll wear gloves and stuff like that. And and what about the obby racing? Are you you know, do they make you wear anything? You're you're pretty well aware of what you need to do. Yep. Do you find people are standoffish? Um, like, I remember asking you when you first came in and said, oh, I'm HIV, I said, okay, cool, what do we need to do yep. um, to, you know, to make this work? Yep. Are they supportive like that as well?
3: Yeah, look, most people are... Um Incredibly supportive. Yeah. Um, I've just been welcomed with open arms everywhere. Um, I do remember once in an event, um, I've rolled. Un- normally, I roll under the barbeque- um, barbecue. <laughs> 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 normally, I roll on top of the barbecue. Strange. a real weird to <laughs> yeah. right. This is a weird sport. <laughs> 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 so normally, I roll under the barbed wire, sort of tucked in. And for one race, for some reason, I had my arms out here. Anyway, I've come out and there's just blood everywhere, and i have nice. just gone, oh my god. And there's another guy there, and I've just who I know. and I've just gone. What do I do? And he's just gone. Just see what happens. Um, you know, if you get to a rope and you are still like this, don't do the rope climb. Don't do anything that's going to put, your right. blood, which is pretty obvious. Um, so anyway, I've you know I kept running. Unfortunately, there was a few water obstacles, so that sort of cleaned it up. And I just got some mud and sort of patch <laughs> yourself <tash> up. <Well> popped me in we go and um and then you know as blood does it sort of dries up um, congeals itself and i kept going but you know i'm aware um at least knowing my status i know how to protect myself and i know how to protect others and you know there's no way i'd put anyone at risk um yeah so just for
4: just for some information uh how how long is it live after outside the body
3: the hiv virus is very vulnerable so um Exposed air, it's only got like a two or three second shelf life. Unless shelf life, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> unless like you've got like a big glob of blood that stays warm, wet. yeah, wet and warm. But even then, it's it dies really quick. It's not like Hep C or other viruses. It um it hates being outside the body; it just pretty much dies off. Yeah. And also being on medication as well. Actually, like if anyone was to test me for the virus, it wouldn't show. So right. my virus in my blood is undetectable, which makes me um. I guess... Superwoman. Uh, yeah. <laughs> 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 um, so, you can't see it. It's in my blood and it's in my... It is in at very, very low quantities and not enough. Like, my blood now can... And my... Um, so, it's in ha- your body fluids. So, my blood right. I- body fluids, the HIV isn't in enough concentration to infect anyone. Okay. Yeah. So, um, with my partner um, or my husband, um, my body fluids are as normal... Yeah, like right. anyone else, so that's great. yeah, yeah, mm. and it's only like I don't promote that, and yeah. the doctors won't promote that, but <coughs> in amongst community, we're aware that we're not infectious. Yeah, 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 great. Yeah, that's pretty cool, huh? Yeah,
0: absolutely. Do Tommy. you want to um throw over to Tommy for some more?
4: Yeah, we'll throw it to Tommy, and then mm. we'll start talking about some, uh, you know, the world's toughest mudder and the Spartan race and the forty-eight hour challenges and the five-day events
2: and the Superwoman that Diana is. So yeah, it's throw to uh, the fun Tommy. Stuff cool okay guys this is uh the book of creep um this is a this is a quite a bizarre sort of segment but um it's this this week i'm actually really super interested to hear people's thoughts because i've i've had this a couple of times we're talking about um <laughs> sleep paralysis so uh first ah. one do you, any of you guys know what sleep paralysis is yeah, I do. Heard it before.
3: Is that like astro travel sort of stuff?
2: Um, I don't know what that is, but um, <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> yeah,
3: <cool. laughs> yeah, yeah, I know what you're on about.
2: Yeah, yeah, that, no. So basically, um, millions and millions of people have had this across the world, and like I was actually doing a lot of research on it, and there's um, there's hieroglyphics and, um, and there's paintings and stuff that have referred to it as people sort of sleeping um, and then feeling that that feeling of being awake. But they can't sort of open their eyes and they're paralyzed. And it's mm-hmm. it can be very um, can be a very negative experience. And I've had it before. Um, I've had it when I've been uh, at a point when I was really stressed. Um, and then I've also had it at a point where I just wasn't sleeping that well. So I don't know if it was something to do with that. And we all know um, the effects of when you're sleeping. You're going through REMs. Um, you know, you are effectively hallucinating. You're dreaming. So it's that it's that sort of um transition between um deep sleep and and and, and being awake but i have a read i'll have to listen to this one this is um this is a guy's experience with um sleep paralysis that i thought was really super interesting i remember this creepy thing still very strongly because this was only one of my scariest moments of my life i remember i was about three to four years old unbelievable memory and um i still remember this as being really bad i asked for my mum, and she said that it I didn't ever wake up in the middle of the night for no reason, but this night I did. I didn't see any kind of horror movies or anything like that at the time as this happened, Um, so it wasn't just my imagination, um, like everyone else said. I woke up in the middle of the night, I don't know why, at the same time as I opened my eyes, my door was open and I saw a very tall black demon with devil's horns standing on the door. It really had those very creepy red eyes and it just stood here and waved at me with right arm very slowly and creepy. It was so dark, but I saw red eyes very well, and it had really long nails. So I was so young; I thought it was just some monster who tried to scare me. So I pretended that um, I wasn't scared, and he said, and I said, "Hi, monster!" And I was shaking and freaked out. <laughs> this is becoming a comedy now. Um, he, the 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 monster, turned to him and said that he was the devil. Um, I screamed for about five seconds. I looked at the door where the demon was, and it faded away. And he goes on to say that he doesn't really know if he was actually awake or if he was sleeping um, but uh, really interesting and um, you know it's just it's really amazing that millions of people have sort of had this have you guys ever had this bill you've had it before uh, yeah but <laughs> I I she didn't she was hot wasn't she uh, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> did you wake up wet or dry
4: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I well I wasn't in bed though I when I discussed this the other day I've had sleep paralysis but uh, I don't really want to tell a story because that was very deep and very serious. Yeah, Mine was drunken sleep paralysis. Right, okay, yeah. I was in the front seat of my car after Australia Day and i drank way too many beers and <laughs> probably some shots and stuff. Right. And I fell asleep in my car and woke up at about 8 a.m. The sun yep. was beaming down, in middle of summer, and I couldn't move. My eyes were open. I thought I'd fucked myself up. <laughs> I thought I'd really done a number on myself. I couldn't move. I took about three... I was really scared. Took about, I couldn't get my phone, couldn't reach into my pockets. It got to the point where it was about 10 o'clock, 30, two and a half hours. I'm sweating like a pig in the front seat of my car. I, I managed to open the door. I rolled out of the front seat onto the pavement, face down, and laid there for about two hours <laughs> till I could call my mum and my mum came and picked me up. <laughs> what?
2: This is a, a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> <Yeah>. Australia. Australia. <laughs>
0: it, was, it was about five years ago. <coughs> And wow. yeah, I was... i was. So it's totally different. Yeah, it's probably not sleep
2: paralysis. It's probably um, um, being Dr- drunk. Yeah. <laughs> but that's fine.
0: It's, it lasted about five hours. It was yeah. totally wow. fucked up. I was yeah. real scared. That's freaky. I was yeah. real scared. No demons or devils though.
2: Yeah. Have you ever experienced something like that, Deanna? Or any yeah. sort of sleep paralysis, anything like
1: that?
3: Yeah, I, I, um, I a lot. Yeah. Um, I was living in a house that had a lot of... I felt like a lot of bad energies. And it ended up being every night I had that similar... similar experiences Mm. Uh, however it was a it was kind of like an energy like it was an energy ball I didn't see a devil or anything it was just like this energy ball trying to suck me out like out of just yeah take me like yeah
2: yeah Um, did you feel like um, when you because I've had it once before and um, I actually this is going to sound really funny but I I remember it being the ghost in a Scooby-Doo episode okay (laughs) and that actually sparked so you
1: were you, you, were, you, were, real, you,
2: scared, you were you were I was also drunk scared, you were happy yourself i was loving it yeah no i remember actually um, i remember it so well and um, mm. it actually sparked my fear of ghosts that i've just literally gotten over so get around me um, but um, took some serious bloody meditation but um yeah i i sort of was aware that i was awake but i was still sleeping and this thing was just coming at me and i swear fear is always associated with what could happen or what's about to happen as opposed to, you know, what's actually going on. And it was just there and it was like exactly like you're describing, like it was sucking the energy. It was kind of like sitting on my chest and kind of really pushing down hard. Um, And everyone has spoken about having the exact same experience, whether it was with a scooby-doo ghost or something else. (laughs) Um, Did you have that where it was kind of sitting on your chest or –
3: no, and, well it's it's happened quite a lot but not that. But I was in a place in Tasmania and I was telling my mum about my experiences and she just went cuz at one one place we stayed in Tasmania mm. it, it just kept coming at me and coming at me through the night. Anyway, she just went, "Oh, oh. anyway, there was another time that it happened cuz there's a lot of bit of history in Tasmania." Right. Um and I said, oh, "I came last night but I I got it got it to go away." She said, "Oh, I actually had an experience where something sat on my chest." Wow. Yeah, she so she I obviously pushed it away, and she yeah. she copped it. So mm.
2: it's interesting, isn't it? Mm. I've had um, <coughs> I've had something. <laughs> I had a few beers the other day.
3: And, uh,
0: I had um, I had something happen once that was really strange. So me and Tommy have talked a lot about anxiety and and uh, things of that nature because we've both had it from time to time. I get like social anxiety, and um, and it comes and goes. It's never it never was a a real it wasn't making a negative impact on my life it was just something that i dealt with but then Mm -hmm. a couple of years ago it became a really big negative impact in my life i had been through stages back in the day i used to take party drugs a little bit from time to time obviously and that that's why you lost 16 kilos in bolivia (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah well you're not wrong (laughs) (laughs) but uh, i'm not gonna lie but um I got to the point where I was going through a rough patch when I was probably, I think I was probably like 22, 23. And I used to get in moods where uh, I was just such a negative person. I wouldn't talk to anyone. I'd go to my room and it'd be social, uh, social environments. Like I had to go to a party that everybody was at and I was a little bit nervous of it. And what i would do is I would lay down and i would try and just relax. And I didn't have any meditation um, rituals at this time or anything that I could kind of combat it with. I just would lay down I'd think to myself, come on, get yourself out of this, let's go, let's you know, pull yourself together. And there's there was one time in particular where I laid down in my bed staring at the ceiling for for probably three hours and it was just my I wasn't asleep. It was just my brain that wasn't letting me. I couldn't move, I couldn't get up. No matter what I did, I couldn't bring myself to get up, have a shower, do anything, talk to my mum. I was living with my mum and dad at the time. Um, and it felt like this is more of a this is more of a mental health thing than a sleep seeing demons kind of thing. But it was um, I was paralysed at that point. I literally couldn't move. I couldn't bring mm-hmm. myself, yeah, to get up and party. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> You're in a massive come down, you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it wasn't after drugs. It was just like I used to take drugs <laughs> till about 25. Um, which is five years ago. I haven't had any, not even the skerrick of, of party drugs since then. And it wasn't, it wasn't directly after drugs, but it was, it was kind of like I was in that, in that point of my life where I was taking drugs. And I think that had a lot to do with whenever I'd get in real bad mindsets back in the day. Hundred percent blame that all on taking, taking drugs.
2: Oh, it is very stress related. They always say, you know, you know. Um, I was reading it just before. Um, oh, here it is. It is very stress related. <laughs> 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 oh, nice one. Is that that it, that's, <laughs> the that's the book of creed. That's the book
0: of greed. The book
4: of The Book <laughs> <laughs> So D, uh, you're a uh, tell us a bit about your adventure racing and and what you've done recently and and the championships you've held and yeah. all that jazz.
3: So living with HIV, I was told that you know sport wasn't something I should follow and you know, that would erect my immune system and that I should just, you know, exercise but just basic, you know, going for walks and that sort of stuff. Um, always wanted to push push the boundaries. So, uh, it was just 2005, I'd seen a flyer for an adventure race which was um, swimming, paddling, mountain biking and running it and I just thought, man, I'm going to win this. Mm. Yeah, and that year, I actually was in hospital again with another AIDS-defining illness because I'd come off. I thought I was a bit invincible, and I came off my medication, and um, I realised I wasn't invincible. Right. Yeah. So that's
0: a pretty good mindset. Just going back to what you just said, you saw, uh, I saw an adventure race. It had this, this, and this in it, and I thought, I'm going to win. Yeah. <laughs> that's a pretty positive mindset. Good stuff. Um, Carry on. Yeah, no
3: worries. So two months before the event, I started training, and then I realised I'm not really. 16 and 17 anymore and my body might need a little bit more work Um, so I I did the race anyway I hired a bike for the event and I hired a kayak Um, got one lesson and then it was sort of put out in this massive ocean Um, loved it just every night before the event like for the months leading up to it you know when you get that that surge of um excitement that sort of elevates your heart rate yeah, e- yeah. every time I thought of this race I'd get this this elevation of heart rate and this excitement run through my body and I just kind of woke me up I'd been in this you know living life I had my kids and I was like where next <sighs> you know where am I um and just to have that energy through my body and I thought all right so anyway I did the event came seventh but it had reignited that fuel to that fire sorry and that was it I just hooked Bought a bike, bought a boat, started training um, and then progressively started winning events and then I came back to do that race the next year and I won it. So I was, I was wow. like, Ooh, yeah, yeah, boom. So I was, what, 27 at the time and my nearest... No, 37. 37, not 27. still in <laughs> hospital then. Um, 27, 37 at the time and my nearest rival was a 23-year-old um, oh, wow. uh, chick from Brisbane. So, you know, mm. it just felt you know if people talk about one of my most amazing moments in life it was coming across the finishing line and winning winning that event just knowing you know whatever life throws at you if you you know, set some goals and really believe in it and 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 believe do in yourself. Uh, sorry believe in yourself yeah and and do what's required to achieve it like people say you know dream big but you can't dream big without making action for the dreams to come true like dreams will you can come true but you've got to you don't just sit there and wait. You've got to make that happen. Mm-hmm. So um, my parents had surprisingly come down to watch me that event, which I didn't know, and th- I heard him in the crowd. And at that stage, I'd just come into first place. I still had a mountain bike and a run to go. Um, but just to hear them in the crowd and, I don't know, I just, uh, it was a really special day just to think, wow, you know, I can do this. I've got to win this race um, and to have my parents there who'd – like my my dad, when I disc- when my mum disclosed my dad, he pretty much lived in denial for a long time, and I I feel he it, it was a bit slower to get his head around it. So just to hear him there and to s- to know he was watching me be in ultimate health and fitness and and doing what I used to do when I was a kid, I oh know it's just just hit, hit some chords for me. So um, and that that started. You know, I got my name on the map, I guess, of adventure racing. So then, teams would pick me up, and then I'd go over to Ireland and race, really? and, and France, and yeah, yeah, I raced internationally awesome. for a little while. It was really cool. Really.
0: So you had sponsors that would um that would help you out there. You, you had, or how does it work?
3: Was um, it a big enough
0: event that you kind of big enough sport that you can get sponsors on board to travel the world, or were you paying for that a little bit yourself out of your own yeah, drive to do it, or?
3: Um, No, fortunately, the teams had sponsorship behind them, so um, I'd be picked up. So the teams consist of three guys and a girl. Um, Every like international adventure racing, a team is going to have three guys and a girl. It can have two guys and two girls, but it's got to have at least one girl. So generally, they're looking for chicks. So, um, yeah, you just sort of get picked up and go with this team and then another team and that sort of stuff, whoever needed a a female at the time. Um, So it was all just... Just living the dream again, yeah, Yeah. Mm. which is something I never, ever thought was possible. Um, And then I ended up just China, the last three or four years, China's been really good for adventure racing, a lot of money there. Mm. Uh, They pay for your travel to get across there, like, you don't even have to, like, you don't even need a sponsor, they pay for everything. Really? Yeah, yeah. And you win US dollars, so. That's insane. Yeah, Yeah, it's pretty cool. (laughs) (laughs) So that was, China's been massive for adventure racing in the last four years, and um, I had been racing with a the team there until I discovered the obstacle racing. And then I was ba- you know, doing the t- two for a while, but it just got too complicated. And so. the
4: difference between the two, the main difference, <laughs> apart from the obstacles. <laughs> <laughs> so adventure racing.
3: Barbecue. <laughs> 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 yeah, barbecues are way different. <laughs> um, adventure racing is a mixture of mountain biking, paddling, running, trekking, uh, um, abseiling, canyoning, all that. Sort of, it's awesome. Cool. Awesome, awesome sport. Um, and obstacle racing is basically running with obstacles thrown in the way. Barbed so wire. Barbed wire. Like a Tough Motor the or Fences Spartan yeah. or something like that. Yep. yep. So you've got rope climbs, cargo nets. Um, there's rigs that you've got to get through. and um,
0: So you prefer the obstacle racing? That's what you're doing now?
3: I'm doing obstacle racing. Not necessarily that I prefer. Well, I'm obviously preferring it because I'm doing it. But
0: uh, Don't they? Aren't they the ones with like electric fences and yeah. all the barbed wire and stuff you got to jump Some of them over have the electric it, fences. Electric, electric you wire. That? <laughs> no. no. <laughs> <laughs> I actually take okay.
3: the, I I take the penalty now for the electric I've been shocked so many times. Really? So yeah. what there's
0: like a 1 minute penalty or something if you don't go through the barbed wire. I mean um, the electric shock.
3: So if you don't Fuck there's I don't normally a the electric uh, shock.
2: <laughs> I can't be healthy. <laughs>
3: <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, it's it's revolting. Yeah. Yeah. I've been I've been shocked so many times that it's created an anxiety like yeah yeah it really has of something like it's a terrible a,
0: thing to do to people <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's really mad. people pay money to do it yeah
3: <laughs> so i just won't do it now i'll just
2: yeah.
3: yeah
0: so so what are you competing in at the moment are you competing in the tough mudder and spartan race is spartan race spartan race generally the biggest obstacle racing company in the world or am I totally off track there? No,
3: you're you're right. So there's two um, that most well known. Um, one is Spartan Race, and the other is World, um, Tough Mudder and World's Toughest Mudder. Um, that's here in Australia. There's other little smaller smaller yep. events around, but in America, there's now a lot of series. So there's Battle Frogs and Warrior Challenges, and Battle Frogs. Uh, yeah, it's Battle ter- Frogs massive. Terrible
0: name though. Yeah. <laughs> Keep yeah. That
1: name.
3: Yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's so unique. It's good.
0: Yeah. yeah. it's... Oh, Battlefield. <laughs> in Bill's in a hole here.
3: Yeah, <laughs> it. Oh, I mean, it's a good name. <laughs> <laughs> I love yeah. the name. It's a, yeah. And just, so there's just, uh, just there's
4: 48 hour ones, or there's five days. Wh- what's the longest one you, that you go for nonstop?
3: Uh 24 hours. 24 hours. Yeah, yeah. So. And how
4: how would you fuel for an event like that?
3: So fueling um, a 24 hour event, or anything longer, six hour. Um, I guess it's all about your fuel, mm. um, and it's about your equipment. Um, so personally, yeah. yep. up to 24 hours, I generally go on liquid fuels. So I mix up um, a, a smoothie. I've got this powder called Turbo that I put in it, um, then avocados, uh, bananas, dates, strawberries, coconut oil, all this sort of stuff. I mix in and I make about two liters of that and just put it in little containers. Um,
4: so it sounds like some fats with some sort of high GI carbs. Yeah,
3: yep. and chia seeds as well, so i got a bit of protein in there yep. as well. Um, Because when you're racing um, up to 24 hours, liquid's easy enough. Your body can handle it. It gets sick of sweet stuff. But I I put salt in there as well just to savoury it up a bit. Um, And I generally have that. And then I have um, every lap that I come in, I've got mandarins, anchovies, chips, just a whole array of food that I, that's just put out on a tray so I'll, every time i fuel, i'll change my turbo fuel and my water and then i'll just grab in my hands whatever my body's calling for and, and it's just
0: through the breaks so you have when you say one lap so you have breaks during through, through the 24 hours from time to time you can sit and eat and no. start again is that how it works or it's yeah, you can sit straight. and eat i don't sit and eat so my so transitions it's literally stop grab your stuff grab some food yep so i've got two packs eat it on and the
3: run. I'll um my what like I'll drop one pack and pick up one that my supports just you know, put new new turbo shots in it and new water and then I don't know what I'm gonna be wanting, but when I see something then I'll take it. Yep. So I just have a whole array of stuff. So pretty you know much I'll,
0: really wants right at that time. Yep, just grab it.
3: Just grab it. So I just my my transitions are about two minutes. Really? Yep. That's and then I'm out on the lap again.
0: Right. Because yep. the, the reason I asked is I watched a twenty four hour row event um Row. 24 hours of Ooh, rowing nasty why did you do that <laughs> no I didn't do it I didn't do it <laughs> no why did you watch yeah, like oh yeah. it was, I was sponsoring
2: it Adventure, Adventure Fit Travel was a sponsor
3: is this so a was, concept rowing? it's probably concept the
2: two. only comeback you could have said you realise <laughs> you could have said anything else that uh, is a bizarre thing to do I was watching 24 hours of rowing oh because you were sponsoring <laughs> yeah. it oh right okay yeah I'm just You're a weirdo <laughs> <laughs> um you sold a lot what, of tickets they, that day, didn't you? What? You sold a lot of tickets that day, didn't you?
0: I sold one. <laughs> <laughs> and he was rowing. Dude just, wanted, dude just wanted an excuse to get off the rower. Yeah. But um, they have... Like, I think they had... Because it was, it was recorded officially. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the rules of the 24 hours rowing is they have 10 minutes off every hour, I believe. Okay. I think that's like... Yep. Yeah, and then they, they jump back on and go. So I thought that it might have been something like that, but it's not. You just... You, you can just have as,
3: as much time. Some people will go and sleep. But depends what your objective is. That, you it's know, just that to
0: finish fifty to one hundred.
3: Yeah, well, it depends whether you want to. Depends what you want for the race. For me, yep. it's about placing, um, about getting as many miles under my belt. Uh, you know, I go there with a the goal. I spend a lot of money to go across yeah, to the to states, weave. and I want to, I want to do well. So mm. if I went there to camp in my tent, I'd just go, the hunt, you know, mm. go go climb a mountain or something. Yeah, for
4: yeah. sure. And so, where are you ranked? When you say you want to do well, where are you ranked uh, on an Australian mm. level and a, or national level and an international level?
3: Uh, national um, for the last two or three years, I was ranked number one. Um, however, there's this, oh. this oh.
2: <laughs> pretty good. Thanks. <laughs> Probably can get a little bit better, but <laughs>
3: um, And there, now there's this um, lady over in WA that's sort of stepping up, and we've been. She's got me. Um, Not that 27
4: year old when you were 30. No, no,
3: she's 30. No, no, there's an, that's in America. Okay, um, yeah. No, this chick's um, early 30s. Um, and at the start of the year I was beating her um, and at the end of the year she's been getting me. So it's good. It's good to have a tussle out there now. Yeah. Um, and worldwide, wise um, last year's not a really good year for me to compare. I've had a bit of health stuff going on that's, that's not enabled me to have my best races. Um, the year before, he's comfortably top ten um, in, the, in the world's toughest mudder or second. Oh, No. I did a teams event. I actually came across the line first female, but because I was really? in a team, yeah. Oh, that's um, amazing. So and we're sitting
4: p- next to the world's toughest mother right now. <laughs> wow.
3: <laughs> well, the year before that, I w- won it, and the year before that, I was actually third outright out of all the guys out of fourteen, really? yeah, fourteen hundred wow. starters. So how fair. do you?
0: What's your training protocol for this stuff? Yeah. <laughs> what's your day to day, or like in the lead up to? Are you? So you're a, you're a crossfitter. Yep. Um, is that? Pretty much where you spend most of your time training? You get out and go on obstacle courses for practice, or you just train in the gym and then go out and hit it on the events?
3: So, w- when I was adventure racing, which was actually probably when I was in my fittest and when I was doing my best at obstacle racing, uh, I guess because I was so cardio fit. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> really slouching now and coming in third <laughs> in the world. <laughs> um, so then I was out, out on the roads, I mean out on the trails a lot more. Um, then when I dropped the adventure racing, I kept kept up on the bike riding, that sort of thing, and just focused more. I did a lot of CrossFit. That's where I met Mac at CrossFit Diamond Valley. Um, just actually to I
4: remember you coming in, you wanted to uh, learn how to climb ropes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
3: can do that now. Yeah, you can. <laughs> Still working on the kipping. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, just to get a lot more upper body strength. So I was strong from running and I had the cardio fitness, but I just wanted a bit more grunt. Um, so I got that from the CrossFit. Um, for the last couple of years, I haven't devoted myself to CrossFit. I've I've used CrossFit as a means to get stronger for the obstacle racing. Gotcha. Um, and so
4: where did you place in last year's Open with no training?
3: I don't, I don't remember.
4: Didn't yep. you make the regional cut off? Yeah, I eight? did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. <laughs> no, no training. Min- minimal training, just walking. Wow.
3: Two days a week or something. Yeah. Um, That's it. So I I know, good at stuff. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) CrossFit's coming, but um, I I I will commit to that. Really? So that's the next
0: sport you want to conquer?
3: Yeah, but Mm, it's just it's like at the moment I'm sort of developing one while I'm still doing well in the other Mm -hmm. because they complement each other. Yep. Um, but yeah, I've just got to get a bit of health stuff sorted out, and then so that my my half of this year is going to be a bit wiped out for a while. I just need to get on top of life.
4: So I'm just really interested in your your mental approach to workouts. I watched you do a repeat of 15-5 the other day and there's no pain face and I have actually, you can probably back me up, uh, I've only actually ever seen you lie on your back twice and one of them was the other day. Yeah. Has there been another time?
3: there has been another time. Okay, yeah. maybe
4: it wasn't in my class. <laughs> but anyway, uh you don't show pain, you're very very mentally strong until the end. What what goes through your mind in the 24-hour events or how do you develop your uh your mental side because obviously a lot of it is uh is that versus your opponent.
3: Um for well just uh attack I, I guess the 24-hour thing first. For me, um if you think too far in advance you're gone so if you're in the first hour of a 24-hour event which normally hurts a little bit more because you kind of you haven't settled yet you're still trying to clear all the
0: is this when you're thinking oh fuck what have i done (laughs) why do i put myself through this i've got
3: to go to the toilet and i've got 24 hours (laughs) yeah um yeah i i i have thought that before yeah (laughs) Yeah. um but the the key is not to think that because when you start thinking that is when your focus from what your objective is disappears so i've taught myself to say well firstly if that ever comes into my head it's like there's no other option why are you even thinking that Mm. you're there's no other option you're not going to stop you're not going to rest you're not going to quit you're just going to keep going so it just stops all those self-doubts or those little people will find an excuse these races really test people and people go into the very fit and very trained but the moment they find something because it hurts 24 hours doing this stuff hurts mm, Absolutely. and you get you know by by the 20th probably about mid you know probably 12 13 14th hour and that's when people will drop out because they'll look, start looking for anything to go oh i can't do it now i've got sore toe or i'm a bit cold or something yep. like that so it's then it
0: becomes a real mental battle that's when you have to be strongest. well it,
3: <clears throat> i don't even allow that i just it's like there's no other option if i get something niggly i i don't normally i'm not an advocate of painkillers but i'll i'll pop if it's an a race i'll just pop whatever it needs to get right. through it yep so i just don't allow myself to think um, about quitting i don't allow myself to think not even the next obstacle i'm just really i've just i just create a little bu- bubble and just exist in that bubble
0: do you think that part of um the obstacle racing and the 24-hour stuff do you think that's the more important part than the fitness do you think your mental game allows you to beat people that could possibly be fitter than you totally yeah, yeah I, I, I would say that would be yeah. the case.
3: a lot of people go into that way stronger and way fitter than me um but they don't get through. Like the first year I did it, there was 1,400 competitors start and it was really cold. It was my, it got to minus five through the night and...
0: See you later. <laughs> I'm out. I'm in the sheds. I was in, you know, Hot you're fully clad. <laughs> Sorry guys, I was ready to go. I'm not tough. <laughs> <laughs> but I go into like... Now that's a punchline.
3: <laughs> <laughs> it's still, I'm not being honest But, uh, you know, there's medical tents every two and a half miles around the course. And you go in there and there's just groups of grown, strong, fit men, you know, shivering with a little cup of soup. (laughs) And like, I just, I wouldn't go there. I'd just get my soup, dunk my fingers in it to warm up, walk out and then drink the soup. (laughs) And off I go. So Mm. it's about just not thinking. Not accepting it. Yeah, just actually, you just don't think. You've got to turn your brain numb. So I'm blonde, so it works. <laughs> that's easy, <laughs> and just become robotic. That's it. Just, yep. Just do, don't think.
1: Cool.
3: Uh-huh. Yes. Yeah, answer that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, and good. I do
3: feel pain. Yeah, I do. You do. Yeah. It hurts. Yeah. I like that workout hurt.
4: Yeah. Yeah. But I, I like it. You don't show any pain until it's over. Yeah. it's You've got a task. Uh, obviously, I see you a lot, and I'm glad Bill's leading this conversation. Um. I see you a lot and, uh, yeah, you just, you just do your work and at the very end you go for a walk outside and that's yeah. when you start to breathe heavy. And yep. Yeah. Yeah, it's really, it's really good. Thanks. Cool. Well, um, we've, we've gone a while
0: now, so we don't want to keep you too long, Deanna. We, um, we like to finish off with, um, with some questions. We'll field nine questions. Uh, we'll throw nine <laughs> questions at you. Three from Mac, three from me, three from Tommy. I've only got two prepared in my head so far, cool. but I think
4: um, I only remember my two. But yeah, yeah, I've actually
0: only got one. <laughs> Have you got your three? You uh, go?
4: First one is uh, what's your morning ritual?
3: Um, <clears throat> pretty much, get up, take my turbo shake, and head on down to CrossFit. <laughs> that's good. That's it at You've the got moment. I'm really.
1: five seconds if you want to. Love it. <laughs> uh,
4: <laughs> second part to uh, my well, it could be a, a, another question: is do you meditate?
3: Uh, meditate. Meditating for me puts me to sleep. Yep. Um, so I foc- I do yoga, and that's my closest thing I can yep. do to meditate. Or run. That's a bit meditative for me. Yeah.
1: Cool.
4: Are we doing three in a row, or how? Are we doing <laughs> <this>? <laughs> it doesn't have his third. I'm, I'm no, straight. no. Pick. I do have my third. Yeah, go. hit, it. hit What it is the best date you've ever been on?
3: Best date. That's a good one. Very like good. That. <laughs> oh man, I've had some good dates. <laughs> or
4: a magical that date. That the worst. Yeah. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah. Well. <clears throat> uh, <no>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: To the uh, to the listeners that don't have the video, there was a, there was a pinky finger thrown up in the air and. Yeah, it was kind of awkward. Soft, soft, <laughs> soft pinky. Soft It's mashing, mashing the banana, so to speak. Is that what you call? called? Do you know if that I phrase? Oh, that's, no. Is that in ma- the uh, Oxford Dictionary? Mash, ma- mashing. It in it the Macquarie <laughs> Dictionary it says? What does it mean? To uh, mashing the banana. To have sex with an <laughs> inerect penis. <laughs> Get it in there, Macquarie Dictionary. (laughs) Have you guys ever heard that one before? Well, I mash many bananas. I'm I'm a masher. I'm a masher from hell. No, (laughs) not really. (laughs) I'm not really. Oh, man. Moving on. What are your questions? (laughs) Damn. Uh, uh, My questions. So, (laughs) my my questions. um, So, favorite place you've ever been to? Can be a city, can be a country, can be a small town?
3: Oh, man. It's a really tough because the, I've been to a lot of places yeah, in the world good. and there's some um, just really beautifully amazing places. Look, I'll just speak of the most recent place that I've been. Um, generally, wherever I go, I find amazing beauty. Um, but just recently, I spent a lot of time in California, up in um, – around Lake Tahoe and Yosemite. That, uh, yep. I keep saying Yosemite, but yeah. it's, it's not <laughs> Yosemite. Yosemite. Yeah, you just <laughs> yeah. use the same <laughs> Mite every might. <laughs> So and then we worked out if you say if you use the same terminology for vegemite, it's vegemity. Losing your vegemity. (laughs) Um, Where'd it go? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. So I just I I was I was pretty. America's never really interested me. It's it's uh, but but being in California and just seeing the beautiful places there, I've just got this. Um, new respect for um, how beautiful America can be yeah
0: they have a they have a great a very diverse country yeah I've always been the same I've never really wanted to travel through America it's never been at the top of my bucket list but then Yosemite Yellowstone uh, it's probably all Death Valley National Park you know the Grand Canyon all these places Uh, I think it's just such a big country you need a really good amount of time to check it out but yeah that's a that's a great answer so um, next question your dream destination you haven't been to
3: somewhere down south africa i've never never hit um south america sorry I've, oh um, never been answer. yeah so i've never really traveled on um, that continent at all so it's my
0: favorite uh, part of the world by a country mile okay it's so that's the best.
3: that's somewhere i want to hit and look um, look around
0: it's got it's got the perfect mixture of everything i i've been through europe a little bit of um southeast asia and I've been able to party if I want to party. I've been able to see amazing architecture, meet really cool people, eat some good food. But South America, the one thing that I believe it has over everything else, is it has natural wonders mm-hmm. everywhere you go. Yeah. Everywhere, jungles, volcanoes, glaciers. We were, when I was in Bolivia when I was sick, um, in the course of nine, in the space of nine days, we scaled a 5,600 meter snow-capped mountain in the Andes. Three days later, we were still in Bolivia. We flew to the Amazon, and we spent a few days in the Amazon. And then we went to uh, a couple days after that. We went to the salt flats. Mm -hmm. Have you seen the salt flats? The um, the salt flats in Bolivia. It's obviously it's the world's biggest salt flats, so it's basically white as far as the eye can see. And we were lucky because it's the most surreal place I've ever been. When it rains really hard, the salt doesn't drain, so there's a thin film of water across the salt. Okay. Which, when the sun's out and it's been raining, It looks like a mirror image of the sky.
3: Wow. Looks like
0: you're just standing. We took lots of cool photos. Looks like you're standing on the sky. Yep. It's... South America's great. It's surreal. It's the best. Um, And last question. Uh, If you were stranded on a desert island, you had three things that you could bring (laughs) with you. Apart from your kids. Yeah. We don't want to waste two of them. (laughs) you get your kids you get your kids I don't even mind you can have I'm you can have your partner <laughs> there you go I'll be alright you, you can have your partner if you want him but maybe we'll, uh. we'll leave him will we or? Uh. I'm not coming with you <laughs> I will bring him along then alright so you've got your, you're stranded with your family what what are the three things that you'd take you stranded on a desert island
3: Ooh. I, you know probably nothing
0: that's no things <laughs>
3: No, nah, that's nothing. cool. That's cool. Yeah, so, what? Why,
0: why nothing, though? You can entertain yourself well enough that you don't need Yeah, anything.
3: if I've got my man there, I'm good. <laughs> no, what that's are the, the kids going to do? <laughs> what about like good a, like, a uh, no. and oh, machete, machete and a
4: piece of rope or something like that so you can tie it up and make some things? And <laughs> 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 make a TV? I don't I just like being creative. You and want to make some things?
3: And start from scratch. Like, cool. You know? Yeah, I don't know. I just.
0: You don't like stuff.
3: Yeah, not too much. You don't much. like
0: material things. Uh, I think when we asked you in the um, little questionnaire that we sent, and you said you, I don't know what the quote was, but you said you really value experiences over material possessions yeah, or something like yep. that. So, yeah, I think that's a that's a great mindset to have. That's mm. pretty much what you're saying, right? You yeah, just, just don't need nothing to create create
3: time. it from whatever's around. Yep. Cool,
0: that's a good answer. What do you got, Tommy?
2: Chess or snakes and ladders?
3: Snakes and ladders.
2: Nice. Why?
3: It's more up and down. Yep. (laughs) Very real to life, isn't it?
2: Okay. Um, Favourite Harry Potter character?
3: Um, I haven't haven't watched Harry Potter. You haven't watched Harry Potter?
2: Oh, you're not missing out. Um, (laughs) Harry? Who's your favourite character? Mine. Yeah. Um, Hermione? Still got a massive crush on her. Yeah. Um, But that's a really tough question and... I'm not the one answering him, so I'll move on. <laughs>
1: okay.
3: But, but if you were to answer,
2: but if I was to answer, I'd probably say Hermione, um, appearance-wise, and uh, <laughs> probably um, Gilroy Lockhart from the Chamber of Secrets. He's just an up-and-about man. What does he do? Well, he... you know, he's a he's a massive um, fake, <laughs> and he just he knows this one spell to like um, get rid of all people's memories. And he just takes the, the credit for all the stuff that these really cool people do. So if I was Gildroy Lockhart, I would come up to you, Deanna. I would put a spell on you so you forget everything. And then I would claim that I've um, been all over the place and I've, I'm a really good adventure um, fitness person. I'm a CrossFitter. And bang. Now I'm now I'm world famous. Yep. So he's just this... He's a dickhead. What a though. <laughs> he's a shocker. What a death. Whoa, it's all oh. happening here in the MTG. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, for everybody home, I just dropped a glass. <laughs> Finally, um, if there were three people dead or alive, you could invite to dinner. Who would they be and why? Um, I,
3: I'd love to meet Pink. Mm. Yeah. Pink, yeah, really? I'd, t- I'd turn for Pink. Yep, wow, <laughs> wow. <laughs> Get around that. You heard it here first.
0: <laughs> <laughs> why is that? You just think she's a great entertainer. You like her music. I think. Yeah, she's just. I got offered a spot at just... um, a concert. The other year, with my little cousin, um, I think my mum was going with my auntie and my little cousin. She was like 12. They asked me if I wanted to go, and I genuinely thought about it, yep. just because she's a good entertainer. Mm.
3: She's just, I oh know she's just, I guess a little unique in her what she puts out there. Um, I went to a concert, and her ability to switch from also she can just be whoever she wants to be and i kind of like that that versatility she Mm. can look awesome in a cut pair of cut-off jeans t-shirts sitting on a you know strumming a guitar or she can look equally as awesome hanging from the ceiling Mm. singing and doing acrobatics and stuff so she's just so versatile adaptable and she doesn't really give a shit what anyone really thinks Mm. about her she just gets out and does her stuff so that's one yep Mm. great answer thanks um you said dead or alive yes but i uh, i i really respect my nan she's a hundred and um, I do sit down to dinner with her, mm. and I w- I'd like to keep doing that. <laughs> <laughs> Dead or <luck>. alive. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully alive. Yeah. Um, she's pretty awesome. She still lives independently. Um, she's cool. she plays golf three times a week. Didn't
4: uh, she do an event with you recently in last year, or she did? You did something with her for the first time.
3: Um, no, she 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 did um, for her 98th birthday. She went paragliding in Thailand. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. she wanted to. Skydive for a hundredth, but um, I think someone's talked her out of that. um Yeah, but my nan's she's pretty cool what and she's yeah. been around for like a hundred years. Wow. From, imagine, yeah, what she's seen. Yeah, she's single. Yeah, she is. <laughs> 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 no, <laughs> okay,
2: damn,
3: no. <laughs> um, but my son's like, my son's quite unique, and he's asked her, you know, what did you used to play with? And she goes, oh. I remember we had a ball we played with, you know, wow. that was mm.
1: so that was simple. Yeah. And she's ball. got,
3: she's got, still got some,
1: <laughs> no, I'm not it's my nan. Awesome
0: no, I'm, <laughs> I'm not even talking dirty. You guys are uh, I was literally, yeah. I think it's a, it's cool to think of someone who's a hundred and everything that they've seen technolo- mm. technologically. Um, anyway. Mm, and yeah, someone else. Let's move on. <laughs> Net last person.
3: I'm kind of
2: happy with uh, those. Yeah. It's pink in the net. Love it. Yeah. I'll come. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just just a ra- oh, I'm not doing it. It's
3: a round off the table.
0: Uh. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, anyone else got any... You wrapping uh, it up or? Anything you want to plug, Deanna? Mention?
3: Well, don't put me on the spot.
0: <laughs> yeah, you uh, got any sponsors you want to mention or, and also people that might be fans <laughs> of yours, where they can find you, websites, social media um blogs anything like that
3: um yeah look i'll i'll i'll, I'll love to thank crossfit diamond valley um, mac and um, the team there for just nurturing me and looking after me um whilst at, at as yet i haven't been able to represent them in the crossfit field um as much as i'd like Um it's certainly i'm i'm i'm, I'm becoming addicted all right? <laughs> <Stop>. <laughs> i'm becoming a junkie Stop. um yeah I, i've got a lot of people that look after me and um I don't know, I you have
0: sponsors you have sponsors right yeah I do yeah you've got, so <laughs> you've, got you've
3: got Innovate Innovate Shoes see I hate saying it because then I forget someone www.innovate.com.something
0: <laughs> fast I lift
3: um, turbo superfoods moxie Gators. I, uh, I don't know I, I get embarrassed with this bit Innovate sure. uh, turbo <laughs>
0: superfoods and moxie Gators. thanks for being well, great and I know and CrossFit yeah. Diamond
3: Valley I know there's more oh Spartan Spartan Race yep there's one um, and look, I'm on social media, just predominantly Facebook, because I I don't have time to follow much else. Yep. Um, and I don't have a web page or a blog page. Cool. Yeah. cool.
4: No worries. Well, cheers. Thanks very much, Dee. Thanks for thanks for, uh, thanks you? for coming and on the show. And of
3: course, Adventure Fit and you guys for having me here.
4: Ah, thanks. You shouldn't. No have. worries. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
3: Sharks.
0: <laughs> Alrighty, that's the wrap. Thanks, thanks very much. Thank, thank you.
3: you. Cheers.
0: Hey guys, so thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed that interview with Deanna Blegg. What an amazing woman. If you want any of our show notes, anything that was mentioned in that, uh, in that podcast, then head to www.adventurefittravel.com forward slash podcast. You can also help us out by subscribing to our podcast. If you liked what you listened to, then go on iTunes and hit subscribe. That'll keep you up to date with all our new episodes as they drop. We'll be dropping more episodes over the coming days as we are pumping out a few as, we, uh, as we've as we just released our show. Then we'll be going a weekly podcast going forward. Also, if you don't want to miss out on anything on our end, make sure you head to our mailing list, which is www, w, That's four Ws. www.adventurefittravel.com forward slash podcast. You can sign up to our mailing list, so that way you won't miss out on any of our show updates and show notes coming straight to your inbox. And lastly, thanks to our sponsors. Again, these guys got behind us with our Kickstarter campaign, and we can't thank them enough. Probably wouldn't be here without them. So, to start off, we'd like to thank Adventure Fit Travel. Wasn't meant to say Adventure Fit Travel. We'd like to thank uh, Atlanta Orchards. Check out their new Cansey and Green Star apples at your local greengrocer. Ask for Atlanta Orchards. We would also like to thank NDO Supps. NDO subs for all your supplement needs. Use ADVF radio at checkout for 10% off. Thank you, NDO subs, And Loxam Solutions. Loxam Solutions, a boutique consulting and business support company focused on business consulting and commercial services. So any of your business needs, guys, head to www.loxamsolutions.com.au. Thanks for listening and we're out.